Something about Mount Hermeneutics. <laughs> the first episode in 2024 is, and the topic is Pulp Fiction. Yes, that Pulp Fiction, the one directed by Quentin Tarantino in 1994 with a star-studded cast, including a comeback by John Travolta. You got Samuel L. Jackson. You got Bruce Willis. And uh, that's just to name a few. But I know what you're asking. What does Pulp Fiction have to do with a religious podcast? Stick around and find out. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts. But you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. So begrudgingly, Satanists are religion, and... Uh, but they're a dumb I, religion. And but I they hate suck. them. Yeah, they suck. Feel attacked. Feel attacked. Well, guys are always bullying me. Stop being wrong. <laughs> okay <laughs> way, way ahead of you man so here we here we are this is uh, gonna be the first episode as the new year starts so yeah how was christmas fellas there was zero santa claus so it was terrific it was yeah it was really great i uh i had uh my my daughter aubrey designed this this shirt before nice. awesome. uh, I like really it. Cool. And it was one of those like, you know, you're sitting back and you're watching your kids and you're watching your grandkids or, or I'm watching my grandkids, you know, open stuff and have fun and three-year-olds and, and whatnot. And then and then Aubrey's like, this one is for you. And it got serious. Everyone got quiet. <laughs> and she pulls out her phone, like, I want to see the reaction you have on that. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of pressure on me. I could almost and right. like, hey, I love this. But luckily, I did love it, and it was right. You know, it was it was real. You weren't like, "Oh, great, I love it." Hey, it wasn't like the uh, brute by Fabergé. <laughs> Thanks for the tie. I love you too. I needed. <laughs> so, how, how did you know I needed socks? Uh, that, that's a funny line. Uh, uh, little Layla, she's three and a half, and mm-hmm. she had a rainbow helmet. That's what I wanted. A <laughs> uh, Barbie. That's what I want. It just didn't even matter what she that opened. That was her like, canned answer. Yeah, yeah. It was, that's cool. that's, that's exactly what I wanted. We're like, or maybe, away. or maybe everybody got her exactly what she wanted. Maybe so. Hey, but so before we move off topic, Aubrey, big ups on the design. That's we all think it's yeah. cool, and we think it's cool that you thought of your dad and understand that this is a big deal to all of us. So I feel like I got a gift through your dad so thank you from behalf of everybody on that hermeneutics i was i was uh, i was, I was, I was, I was gonna say yeah, yeah exact i was gonna say exactly that but matt beat me to it so put me down for that too aubrey <laughs> I, uh, Plus I, one. Uh, she also got a mug with the same design on it but oh, it cool. didn't come in yet it comes in mm. friday uh california time uh the 29th i guess it is and so, uh so I was debating, like, maybe I should wait, hold back on the shirt while I have the mug. And so you could have both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So Well, now yeah. you can stagger it, so, right? Now you can have right. a shirt one day and then the mug That's the right. next day. Just product placement of something, that, you know. Those are the prototypes for our merch store. So. Right. That's right. Yep. That's that's nice. a version one. Yeah. So if if you like this nonsensical intro that we have, go ahead and hit that like button <laughs> and subscribe. So we're, uh, we're, we're hovering around 98, 99 <clears throat> subscribers. Up to hit that hundred mark. So go ahead and hook us up. And uh, I am Andre, and you can reach me on Instagram as Super Dre. And uh, Brian, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? 
Uh, I am Brian. You can reach me at thethirdhelix.com. Not a third helix, not just third helix, thethirdhelix.com. The, 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 the one. The third helix. And um, yeah, I don't have anything to report. I, my life's boring. It's pretty lame. Um, Matt, it's up to you, man. Hey, hey guys. Uh, at Matt Moore on Twitter. Um, you know, did the did the Christmas thing. We did the the dinner at my my mom's house all the the brothers and sisters-in-law um and then yesterday we went out to Ufala to do christmas with carrie's family i uh, got to see everybody out there hadn't been out there in a minute carrie's been out there a bunch but I, i've had just had bad timing so i have, we got out there and spent the day and uh in a couple of days it will be new years and uh, we've got a small tradition uh, at my place, Brian, you're uh, also welcome to attend since Thanks. you're nearby. Um, so on New Year's Day, we do a polar bear plunge in my pool. So I, it started off as a drunken bet uh, on a as New they Year's do. Eve, right? <laughs> and we're like, we should do tomorrow. We should just go for a swim. And everybody was like, yeah. And then the next day we were like, we still going to do that thing? Tab and, back out now. And so we've done it now, I think, four or five years in a row. Um, it's It's fun. And it's uh, it's invigorating. It's not uh, cold enough this year. It'll be below freezing the night of. Oh, all right, cool. So the water will be. Trust me, your body when it jumps into water that's about thirty five degrees, um, even if it's forty fifty outside, you, you're gonna know it. Yeah. Um, so if you want to pop down, uh, we're gonna have uh, basically, you know, some leftovers and some. It's gonna be like you know football food. Carrie's actually trying to make this a bigger deal, so she's gonna like cater it. So we're gonna have you know, nachos and queso and burgers and food. Um, and there'll be beverages, uh, both warm and cold, you know? So, uh, yeah. I can't New remember Year's last Day time is... I stayed up past 10 PM. So there's, it's going to be rough. We're, we're actually going to go to uh, dinner. Our friends, uh, Andrew and Jessica, a uh, buddy of mine's got uh, stage four brain cancer. And he's been yeah. kind of up and down and up and down. And he's kind of, he's kind of lucid right now, which is cool. Oh, shit. Nice. And so we're going to go to a nice dinner at the top of the uh, it's a restaurant called Vast, which is the um, top of the Devon Tower in Oklahoma City. So it's the tallest building in Oklahoma City. They've got a, a restaurant up in the top floor and we've got dinner reservations. So we're going to go do that. The girls are going to dress up and um, take him and hopefully he'll get to have a nice New Year's Eve and then, uh, so we'll do that, and then we'll polar bear on the, the next morning or next day. So that's that's going to be our our New Year's. New Year's Day is my birthday. Is How it did really? I not know that? How did I not know that? I don't know. You guys don't love me very much. Well, so this is Brian's birthday episode. <laughs> yeah, Sweet. I'll be uh, next year older by the time this. Comes You'll be out. like fifty-five. <laughs> no. Oh, you're yeah. trying to do the uh, <laughs> trying to get the balls to go up. Doesn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would not be 55. I know. I was kidding. 55. Sure. I was just a reason to put my hands up and see if I could get the the balloons to. So I was I was out with some friends, uh, like not very close friends, the other night, and somebody guessed my age as 55, and. Uh, so are they not out. very close friends because they guessed 55, or were they yeah, not very close friends before? Well. It, closer yeah, friends, it's like they were really close friends until he thought I was 55. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess dead fight, to me. Fighting words. I, and I, <laughs> I got closer, into it. Closer friends would have known 
I'm not 55. They would have known right. I'm I'm right only 27. It. So praying mantis stance. <laughs> or, or or more like 48, right? Yeah. It's just a number. I mean, my doctor says I'm basically like 25. So is, is that is that what That's you're your psychiatrist? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he does he doesn't want to shake me too violently for my delusion, so yeah, he goes along with it. So anyway, hey, we're talking about Pulp Fiction. You, you, you've got the you've got the doctor. You've got a uh, um, what's his name uh from Suits? Um, <laughs> oh, what is the doctor's uh, name? Doctor Leibowitz. Leibowitz. Sure, we'll no, go with that. I know he's German. Lebschitz or something. Lebschitz. Lebschitz. Lipsch yeah. Lipschitz. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Because it's Louis Litz. Doctor Litz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pulp Fiction came out in a kind of an odd time for us, right? Because uh, 1994, uh, we all went to boot camp that year, mm -hmm. and uh, and in you know combat training, so we lost like a good quarter of the year plus to that stuff, mm -hmm. and then we went to our school directly after that, so we didn't really get it into the movie scene or we, I mean, we lived in a different, like a bubble of a different world. So, you know, that, that movie came out we had none of the fanfare with it. None of the, other than some dude named Quentin Tarantino who, who wrote a favorite of ours, uh, you know, true romance and then directed directorial debut with, with Reservoir Dogs, which yep. is also fun. So of course, when that movie hit the, the, uh, the $2 theater at, uh, at Fort Huachuca, uh, I was I was there to see it. I, it probably it had to be late March '95, maybe early April, because I had graduated in April, got married in April. So the uh, yeah, I think Matt and I were gone by then. We were in Pensacola. No, we so, I left. You guys left after me. So hang on. Did we? So yeah. So the yeah. time the time frame. I, I, I'm pretty clear on a couple of the the timing sequences. I went. I showed up in Pensacola Fourth of July weekend essentially i mm. came home for fourth of july and then like had to show up so it was like 9th 10th of july i had to show up and i watched it in pensacola for the first time so it couldn't have been earlier than late july um and not not any or not any sooner than late july and then not any later than christmas time right so I, it was somewhere in that in that six month window Be, beyond that i couldn't tell you when it was I saw it probably a good half dozen times in Pensacola, and I'm sure you guys were there for for some. I saw of those. I saw it once. I only okay. I only saw it the one time. Yeah. Okay. It was at this theater called this the Silver Screen, which was like uh, that. Like you sat at round tables. It was a and... converted uh, comedy club, is what how I understood it. It's yeah. what it felt and looked like for sure. Yeah. And yeah. that it, it reminded me of like your like. Growing up in the eighties, we all had that friend who was like being raised by a single mom who was never there. And so we would just sort of like live in his living room and just do whatever we wanted all the time. Um, and sometimes when his mom was there, she would like give us beer and fix us nachos and stuff. Um, it was that place, but for grown ups and you paid to get in and you we watched pulp. Pulp Fiction there like half a dozen times and they they serve you beer at the table and it was kind of awesome it was like a local local it was one of and our it wasn't even beer it was it was pictures of draft beer. oh yeah yeah it was it was like a, it was like a the it was like 
like the bowling alley of movie yep. theaters. That's exactly what it was. Right. Yeah. Um, and none of us were 21 and it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that kind of describes the, the, the Marine Corps experience in the nineties. Right, right. We, yeah. The, the drinking agent on Fort Huchuca was 18, but anyway, enough rem- reminiscing. Um, well, I, 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 when I went and saw the movie Fort Huchuca, I, I remember distinctly because, uh, the reel was broken. So it's a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah. And I went to like the eight o'clock showing and curfew was what, 1100 or 11, 2300. So 11 o'clock at night. And uh, so the reel was broken. So every once in a while, I had to wait like 10 minutes for them to re spool the one projector that worked. For, so for, like a- for the younger folks that might be listening or watching, um, movies weren't always digital. And they were on these 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 archaic uh, magnetic reels, right? That that had film that was spooled up, and it like went across an actual projector. That's that's what so, Trey's talking about. So I was super late, and you had to sign a logbook when you left and when you came back. So when I came back, I I happened to be kind of a senior dude at the place, and I was like, "Hey, uh, duty, you uh, you're taking rounds right now." And the way you're going on your tour to go check and make sure everything's secure. He's like, but I just did that. I said, like, you're doing it again. Yeah, but you're late after log you. <laughs> I'm not late. I'm going to log myself. Have a nice time. And um, let's go right now. Go. <laughs> so he went because I bullied him and uh, I would have made his life really miserable if he didn't do it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even sure anything would have even happened to me at that point, but you know, we were all afraid of the unknown back then as the Lord of the flies with no adult supervision. It, it, that's a whatsoever. great question. Like no one actually did anything to like, right. Like, did anybody even check the logbook? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like we, I mean, who would, who would, I mean, we by, checked by it. George, we had a logbook and then, and we disciplined people. So it's, it's interesting with no adult supervision, when it came to things of that nature, we were actually more disciplined than, than, most people just because we didn't know what the outcome would be and we took it upon ourselves to keep it that well, way. we knew we would be hazed in some manner by our own peers right well right. except so, dre and i were the squad leaders so we would have been responsible for the hazing and we weren't going to haze ourselves so i mean hello yeah, yeah. man the yeah pulp the, so like pulp fiction was it, it, and it, I, I know we're going to get into some of the more specifics but I think it's really fair to say our generation, maybe us specifically, it was very much a, and this almost sounds so like overblown or, or, or fanciful, but like it was a coming of age movie, right? Like we, it, it sets so much of our pop culture expectations, references, humor, as dark as it might be, maybe it's a reason that we're all part, we were all started off our life broken. Like we went from the Marine Corps early training into Quentin Tarantino dialogue. <laughs> they guided there, us through the rest of our careers. I don't know. There's um, probably not a more Matt Dre and Brian movie than Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got it all. It's got lots of violence, great dialogue, some rape, um, uh, was there, more violence. They, was there rape in it? Oh, Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I was <laughs> the worst I, kind of rape. I don't as if there's as if there's different like levels of rape, right? Like, well, I I was okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I I was I you you say rape and I automatically think 
violence against women. Right. right. Um, and I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh, there, there, oh, there was none of that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was not a good movie, but it's a great movie. If that makes any sense. It actually is a very good movie too. Is it? How so? Well, do we want to get into the analysis just yet? Or do we have more reminiscing to do about it? I mean, we could probably reminisce for longer than the movie is itself, right? I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's valuable. (laughs) I would enjoy it. Our listeners might enjoy it a little less because I don't think people listening to others reminiscing is the best, right? (laughs) Um, I, I can tell you that like, I still use, in fact, my son walked through the room as parts of it were on and I was kind of forcing him to watch it. And he kept pulling the Homer Simpson meme. He was like, trying to back out of the room but like he caught the you know the sequence where uh they're at the bar and uh vincent vega's about to he's talking about having to take mrs wallace on a date and the other two guys are like have you met her and then they start laughing he's like what the hell is that supposed to mean and the guy's like hey look my name's paul that's between y'all and my son goes that's where you got it and i'm saying <laughs> i didn't invent it i mean like everybody gets their sayings from somewhere um there's there's more of those sequences that I've quoted, right? But um, that's that's one that I probably use the most. I heard a I heard a throwaway line today as I was rewatching it, uh, preparation for this show, and I heard a scene. It's when Vince uh, Jules is having his his epiphany, and that's a and, good word. And uh, Vincent is kind of belittling it, and Jules goes, "Hey, you want to be blind? Run with the shepherds." And, 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 and he's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember him saying that, but I think I'm going to have to use that. I got to add that back into my rotation. So, I mean, why would three of us use this movie in a religious podcast, Brian? Why Why would we do that? What's the, is there an underlying theme or something? What's, Are, what's going on here? I, I kind of want to, like, I, I kind of tease this with you guys a little bit in the chat, but are you, are you asking rhetorically or are you asking because you really don't know because because i realize it i brought it up as both can be true and both I, can be true and we do need to move the show along so brian <laughs> okay well i was wondering if you guys had any ideas on that i don't, well, I don't because i don't i don't think there's that much that much redeeming to the show besides its direct um yeah pulpy humor if you will I think there's I think there's a lot of metaphors throughout the show for a lot of things, but I don't think that I don't believe for one second that Quentin Tarantino had a greater cause behind his movies other than to show the world what a great movie writer he is and win lots of accolades and make a lot of money and potentially get to play with women's feet. I think I think I think there's a well, there's definitely a foot fetish thing going on in that movie throughout. And like what mm-hmm. what was the point of that? It's foot? subtle and not subtle, right? Why do you take your shoes off the dance? Right. What, why? Why is why she is Uma Thurman's foot? Barefoot? Yeah. As long as my table. Like, but, <laughs> but those are those are questions that we really ask watching Kill Bill. But uh, you, you know, um, I, I think there's like a redemption arc there. There's some morality. There's levels of values um, by people who are not good people because the main four characters aren't good people. And um, is there a know, good person? Is there a good character in the movie? There's some neutral characters. Uh, Butch's girlfriend. Um, the mumblehead. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. Actually, I think maybe Raquel, like the wolf's niece or sister-in-law or whatever she is to him. Mm. She's she's kind of a little sarcastic piece of shit. But you know, well, it's a, 
maybe we don't really get we don't really get to see, well she does dispose of bodies for a living though so right. that's right so, and, so maybe and... maybe esmeralda the cab driver but she well, was really morbid of, of she all was things. she was curious curious well, yeah, right, but right. it but it was almost like a voyeuristic like she 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 was fascinated because she wanted to live like she wanted to have the experience but she didn't so, and so she was like aware that i'm she's on the straight and narrow but she's aware of this underworld she's intrigued by it mm-hmm. which is to say a lot of people are that's why we watch movies and read books right um but didn't actually delve into it and i don't know that that's bad i think curious is very different than than being involved in it so maybe she was as close as they come to be but she seemed to take a vicarious pleasure in it though that's my point doesn't everybody that watches bad movies i mean uh, i know so let's step out for a second how about this this trend for white women to have this obsession with serial killer uh documentaries uh it might be because they they fear serial killers and they want to, I don't want to understand it. it and come to some kind of terms. I don't think that's that it. I, I think it's a total curiosity. There's, there's a morbid curiosity or yeah. these things where, you know, women, lots of, you know, Molie of women killing their husbands and, you know, it's like, yeah, I would say that's, that's, it's, it's a vicarious kind of thing. And I think guys between uh, superhero movies, war movies, gangster movies westerns they're all they all have one thing in common and it's violence and i think men are drawn to the idea of being violently good but being violent i I think i think that's like i mean psychoanalyzing right and i'm doing it in a super broad sense but I, i i'm pretty convinced that that's what draws humans to the arts um, kind of, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a broad brush. I don't know. But I can't think of any named characters that could be considered good. No. In, this, um, in this flick, uh, you know, there's bystanders as like a waitress or, you know, the, the poor, uh, coffee shop manager, you know, but other than that, like, you don't know if they're good or bad. We, we I mean, every know. character, even to the, the friend of, uh, the, the drug dealer. Right. right, some chick hanging out on the couch of known drug dealers, you know, doing right. drugs. I mean, she wasn't a criminal in the sense right. of a gangster. She was so high on the couch when they bring an ODing chick that she didn't even budge. She's like, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, yeah. So, what do you it, think, Brian? Well, that's an that's an interesting observation because it 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 dovetails pretty well into my my reading of the movie, which is like you're you know one of the things that's striking about it is that these are all what we would consider just low lives they're all mm-hmm. just they're all bad people they're hitmen and drug dealers and gangsters and dirty boxers and or would be dirty boxers um but and then it gets worse from there but it seems like in every in every conversation and i mean every one well maybe not everyone but pretty much everyone um they're having they're they're involved in a, a very and a vigorous debate about about morality about the about the rightness and, and or wrongness of a particular situation like the very first opening it's it's but and as you go through and when yeah. once you catch that theme and you go through it as it turns out that's actually the, that's the through line of the movie it's all about these these kind of intersecting and overlapping and competing moral systems um and that and it and it kind of escalates through the end 
and it's people think of the the movie is often described as non-chronological but it's it's really not it's actually chronological it's just that you they start with the an abbreviation of the first chapter and then they go through it chronologically and then they take the first chapter and they expand it in the last section but other apart from that and apart from flashbacks within any, within any given story, it is straight and chronological, but it kind of, the climax of the movie is sort of the foundation for the narrative. So it's it's almost like a loop, but the, the first, the opening sequence, it's, uh, it's Ringo and Yolanda in the diner. And at first there's not, there's not anything conspicuously moral about their discussion it's a it's a pure it's a strictly darwinian kind of morality they're talking about kind of like how they choose their heists like what's what are the pros Mm -hmm. and cons of liquor stores versus uh diners or it's more of a it's more of a cost benefit analysis than it is a which is more right or wrong but the as under- things are changing also like you know it used to be a lot easier to do this but then right. these foreigners and these people that have owned it for generations have big guns and like whoa yeah and, yeah but and- their but their prime consideration is to do is to minimize the risk of having to kill someone mm-hmm. that's true right. because she does she does say like i don't want to kill you like you don't have to that's the point we just that's why we're going to do it this yeah. way yeah that's true and so you know, it's 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 a very subtle aspect of that discussion, but it is there, and it does boil down to that to that one consideration: how do we do this and get the most out of it while minimizing our risk of having to kill anybody? And then it cuts to the next the next thing with uh, uh, Vincent and and, uh, and Jules, and the discussion they're having is it's about how Vincent has just come back from three years in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And it's described as this place, this this place where it's kind of it's pretty much like our place. They got all the same stuff, but they got a different way of measuring things and everything. And the the rules are different. The 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 what you can do and what you can't do. It has a different it has a different standard of behavior, but kind of the same behaviors. And they kind of talk about you know the line about mm-hmm. the royale with cheese. Um, What's well, the same burger, but they just call it something different because of the metric system. But we're talking about the same stuff, but you have a different measuring system. And that's kind of the key for each story that as it moves along. Um, and how the, the police can't can't search you. Right. Right. That's he's the one like, that's the one right they don't have. Yeah. He's like, you dig it the most. You I'm dig it the most. <laughs> yeah. He's like, man, I gotta go. You dig it the most. <laughs> and, th- and that's interesting because the very when they finally do get to uh their their hit spot uh, they're a little early right so they let's hang back so for a minute hang back but they're they're talking about the guy that got thrown off his balcony right and and the guys and, and vincent's just up in arms that you 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 don't think that's a big enough deal and 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 jules is <laughs> like i mean he it was something but i mean i don't think that was necessary i think he over overreacted and then they had that whole following conversation about the expected response for massaging another man's woman's feet right like it's it's like a whole thing yeah and 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 again what strikes you is that these are gangsters they're hitmen they kill people and they don't even think they about kill it per- yeah like but like hey this is that's too far we, we but, can't be just throwing people off balconies over a foot <laughs> but they are very concerned with arriving at the right answer to this moral question right like and, and it it's a 
it matters to them. There's, there's a right and wrong there. But what's also interesting is when they, when they go into Brett's apartment, um, there's this sort of, he's, he's kind of, uh, going through the motions of respecting his rules. Like he's being, he's, he's asking him permission for things. And we cut y'all at breakfast. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> but keep chilling. But at, the, but at the same time, Brett totally, and, and Brett know he's afraid. He knows they're there to kill him. He knows he's done something wrong within, at least within the world, according to the, the rules that they accept. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not protesting. He's not like, how dare you enter my home? And he's just like, you got me. I just, you know, I, but, but let I, me explain. I know you're so, about to, I know you're about to kill me, but I just want you to understand. We, we got into this intention. with the, the best of intentions. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and then he, and then he's very, he's very angry at Marvin for speaking up the guy he spares, mm-hmm. but everybody else is being super polite to. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you're, you're struck by just the, the different roles of moral propriety and throughout all of this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but, but it's, I think that's, I mean, we've had, we've talked about morals and, and moralistic dilemmas and, and moral dichotomies and all of that stuff in a handful of our other episodes. And I, you know, I talked about, uh, you know, countercultures and bikers, outlaw motorcycle gangs, having their own sets of rules and laws. And I don't think this is any different, right? There's, even though all of these characters are breaking hundreds of laws in real time as we're watching the movie, right? They still are appalled at certain people stepping over other lines. So like, you know, after Marvin gets shot in the face, Jules is just beside himself that Vincent would bloody up his friend's hand towel. Right. Like it's a big deal that he didn't get all the blood off his hands before he wiped us hands off on his yeah, friend's and, hands. And towel. that's, and that's another thing is where he, you know, these guys are gangsters who don't care about the law. And then they come into this, you know, this suburban white guy's house. <laughs> they and, care about this guy, how his wife is going to react. We're about Bonnie is what they're worried about. They're not yeah. worried about Jimmy. They're worried about Bonnie. But Jules is very concerned with not offending them and, and with, and well, but he like, makes a point too. He's my friend. And he says that, and that was part of the difference there, I thought, was he goes, look, this is a friend. This isn't a coworker. This isn't somebody who works right. for Mr. Wallace. It's a guy I know that lives in, close enough in the area that we He's might be able to use He's a buddy of mine, and I'm calling in a favor. How and it's also feel? interesting that there's this white guy, this unarmed white guy standing there in a in a bathrobe, laying just into giving him. Just the, giving them the what for. <laughs> just He's like... using the N-word about him. Just, did you see Did you see a sign in my house that said, yeah. hey, dead in his storage? And yeah. <laughs> yeah you know why because throwing dead niggers isn't my it's business. not in my business yeah <laughs> you can yeah. quote that line dre and i uh, i know i, I, I did I I you know, thank you thank I, you for I, that i i, I, I want to go I, back i quoted it to carrie apartment. earlier and she was like that's not okay and i'm like that's what that's exactly what that's exactly <laughs> that's, what jimmy was saying it is not okay because <laughs> <laughs> there ain't a sign in my front door that says when they're when they're Storage. when they're uh, when they're going in the trunk and, and they're they're mentioning we should have shotguns for this. Well, the first and guy they, says it. He goes, "We should have shotguns," and he's like, "How many are there?" Like, I don't know, two, three plus our no, guy. No, he, no, he's like the intel says there's four, three including maybe, our guy, three to including five, our guy? three to four, three to four. Yeah, three or four. He's like, yeah. he's like, including that means there could be as many as five. And right. then Vincent's like, "We should have we should shotguns. have shotguns." Yeah. So it's interesting to me that they go in the house and there's only two dudes plus their guy. 
So either Intel was wrong or they weren't paying attention. They weren't because they were distracted by the other conversation. They were there should have they knew somebody was back there. And the fact that he told Marvin to shut the fuck up. And then, Marvin and then could have told him, Why didn't you tell like, me? You didn't tell me there was a guy in the he bathroom like, with a hand cannon. You told me to shut up. I don't remember asking you like because he tried to tell he's like, hey, it's he's trying to tell him where the where the stuff was hidden. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Like, first of all, yeah. you're an informant, so you just shut up. You don't yeah. talk. Yeah, so, if, if they hadn't been so worried about Tony Rocky Horror, you know, nice. they might have they might have done then like, wait, why are there only I only see three? Where's the four plus? Like he's yeah. I wouldn't call him fat. I mean, he probably got a weight problem. What's, what's, what's he gonna, gonna do? do? He's, he's Samoan. Samoan. <laughs> half black, half Samoan. What's they gonna do? He's he's Samoan. <laughs> my uh my son-in-law who is Samoan found that amusing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he's like, What's what are they gonna do? Like, he's like you... he's like, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> the rock is Samoan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but half, he takes half. steroids. So yep. yeah, you can do a lot. Of, well, that's what you can do. You can do a lot of steroids and work out six hours a day. He got. Well, I mean, he got, he's, he, he's rich. He had one of those glass enclosed greenhouses. He fell through that. Ever since then, he's developed a speech impediment. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So 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 sorry to derail from from Bonnie, but <laughs> but no, but that was that was a key part that was to Brian's point. You know, all of the stuff is going on. They've killed a man. They've killed. So those guys in that sequence have killed one, two, three intentionally, four by accident. They don't care about any of it, really. They have no real remorse about killing the three in cold blood. They have no remorse about killing the guy by accident, except they're inconvenienced. But I mean, his reaction, oh, shit, I just shot Marvin in the face. And he's just mad that he messed up his car. (laughs) Right. They're upset about the inconvenience, not about a dead man, that they've just ended another human life. But then... Jules is more upset about getting the hand towel bloody than he is about the fact that there's a dead human being in the back of their car. Like it's, it's well, and I I think that illustrates that like within that world, that's just an understood risk. Like you understand that you you're taking those risks upon yourself within that world. So life is, life is cheap, but there Um, is no implied risk of your wife's hand towels being bloodied. That's that's off That's off the table. And right. because, he could have just washed his damn hands because because <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy doesn't exist within that world, so these rules right. don't apply there. Right. We have to we have to honor their rules, which means you don't go into a friend's house and bloody up their hand towels. Right. Um, right. Which is and it it and that kind of that interplay between different moral systems and how they fit into each other and how they how they overlap. It, it's kind of a. It, that's kind of the running theme of, of the movie, especially in the uh, the gold watch chapter. When he loses his freaking absolute mind because she didn't pack the watch. Right. Yeah. Like that's like that's the, the most important thing in his life because his his father's father's father laid this obligation on him for this piece of crap little worth. And like they show the watch and it's like a piece of it's a piece of crap. The guy got it for for nothing. But it's, but it's got this. The it's got this history to it. Right? The value is um, not about its financial value. It's the, right. It's the. It's this is the the uh, Coolidge legacy. Yeah, and it's interesting that he he has he has uh, respect for that legacy, but no respect for his art in boxing, no respect for the boxer that he just killed. Right. I if mean, he was better, he wouldn't of, be dead. He should right, have yeah, better he, laced him up. But he did <laughs> have. Res- but he did have respect for boxing because he didn't throw the fight. Well. And that's and that kind and that kind of plays into the the whole theme is Butch is a and, good guy. 
which well, is not a good guy, uh, which okay. is a well, horrible but, guy. Okay. But the thing is, you're you're using okay. good guy, like they're all good people relative to their frame of reference. No, I, I meant I meant he was objectively good. Like he didn't well, throw the fight. He only he only killed out of self defense. <laughs> he didn't he didn't intentionally kill the boxer, and he didn't intend and he only killed Vincent to survive. Right? But he but he also made a deal and and backed out on a deal, and even making the deal was 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 a did he have a, a choice, dishonorable though? thing? Maybe he didn't have a choice. I don't I don't know if it, mobster if mobster if calls you in and says here's what you're going to do. I mean, you don't necessarily have an option to say no. I mean, the and he he might have just seen Marcellus Wallace and his whole world as he rejects their their rules. He rejects. I, I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm just throwing yeah, out there. Yeah. Maybe maybe there well, is a, a decent human being in the in the in the mix. Well, but I think that well, I'll uh, I'll save this to I'll save my response to that to the end because it it it's where it all kind of comes together. But but with Butch, like you've got you've got bo the boxing sport itself as one kind of layer of rules and and standards outside that you know you have to you have to box according to the rules, which means you fight to win and anything beyond. And if you're if you throw the fight, you're breaking. You're breaking the sport. You're violating the. You're violating that system of rules that that is boxing. But in the larger world that he lived in, there was Marcellus Wallace's world where he said those rules don't apply. My rules apply. Follow my rules and you'll be rewarded. Break my rules and you'll lose. Mm -hmm. And he decided to go with the rules of boxing and violate his rules. And then he. He's he's trying to get away, but he has to go back to get the the gold watch. But he encounters Marcellus Wallace, and then they, their fight takes them to this like underworld with its own set of rules, a whole under, right. a whole different underworld. Yeah, and it's like it's this the all of the values and 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 moral expectations are upside down and twisted and perverted, but they still have a, a kind of a system there that makes sense to them and they they live by it it's got gimps and and systematic rape and and uh i mean it it's the, it's kind of figuratively speaking they kind of descended into hell but now like they're at odds within their world they're 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 bitter enemies but now they've been transplanted into this underworld and now they're allies um and I just I well, they weren't I th though. That and I think that was that was maybe, and this is why I'm going back to say <clears throat> Butch is a good guy. And I'm and I'm again, I just that's a throwaway. I'm not I'm not hell bent on this this theory. But Butch is able to get away on his own. So Butch is the well, is another is another stops. redemption arc though in my right, mind. Right, and he stops and he's like, man, I can't leave that dude down there to deal with this. Like I got to go down there and save him. He didn't have to. Which is a risk, but also remember that Butch would be looking over his shoulder his, his whole life. life. Yeah. Well, and no, he wouldn't because Marcellus would be probably be dead or or in a gimp suit himself. I mean, but I, mean, I guess, but he wouldn't. Marcellus has a number off. two. Like, I don't right, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's but Mar Marcellus Wallace's life was almost like the new gold watch. Like he, he could have gotten away free, but for this one thing he had to go back for. Oh, I thought you were saying because he had an uncomfortable thing shoved up his ass and he had to or, get it out. <laughs> but he but he went back, but was it was it also sort of revenge? 
like angry. I like, hey, it, I don't this, think it like, was. I don't he's think like, this it was. could be me too. They gagged him with a ball. No, I know. They, you well, know, they that was going to be him also, and he escaped. But 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 they definitely it, made it to where you could hear the sounds. Yeah, that he right. that they seem to make a point of that where he stopped and he could hear Marcellus Wallace's cries of pain. Yeah. And, well, well he could well he could hear and that's that what moved him before he before he even escaped. But but you know? but there there was a definite emphasis on that yes. as he's walking out the door because he unlocks it and goes to and he's like that wasn't that my point is all of that body language wasn't that of I'm going back for revenge. That was sure. of he was on his way out the door and he's like, ah, there's something in me that won't let me do this. I got to go back down there and let this guy off. I can't leave town without my gold watch. Right. Um, Yeah. That was kind of gold watch part two. That's I never thought of it that way, that he's the only guy that put himself into danger twice. And I I just thought of that. he He didn't have to do that. Yeah. I found it interesting that he, he met Marcellus in the crosswalk with coffee and donuts, meaning he was also on the stakeout with Vincent at the apartment, right? So, uh, yeah. So, that's a good point. so perhaps I didn't Vincent maybe didn't know they left because they're like, "Dude, you're waiting to kill somebody. You have to go take a shit. Like, what are you doing?" And you left your gun. Maybe that was Marcellus's big gun, and he left it there because he was going out. And you can't walk around with a with a damn was that Mac Ten? I don't know Mac, what are you a Mac Ten. Yeah, that's yeah. Mac-10. You can't just walk with the suppressor the size of this table and. Uh, so yeah. he had to go get coffee and so donuts also, for him. And also Vincent. a suppressor the size of Uma Thurman's feet. Right. Yes, correct. To stay, to correct. stay with your... That's, <laughs> that's, that's an actual unit of measurement in, Ab- in Amsterdam. That's why they're called Royale with cheese, because they right. can't say Uma Thurman... Half of Uma, Uma Thurman's, Thurman's foot. Yeah. As big as Dre's table. It's like that... <laughs> it's like that uh, like that that workout Instagram dude that he he, he uh, measures weight in Lizzie, Lizzo's... Liberty <laughs> I didn't. I don't, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, there's so, this, uh, there's, the, there's this black workout guy, and uh, and his whole gimmick is he he watches workouts and they're either fails or not fails, and then his his the the, the payoff is he either says sensational or he says not sensational, and that's his whole gimmick. And this guy's made an entire YouTube channel off of or a uh, Instagram channel off of this. Pretty funny. And his other gimmick is is when dudes hoist a lot lot of weight, he goes that dude hoisted two point two Lizzos. <laughs> Lizzo is a beautiful woman. That's what what she says. Yeah. You know, uh, also, I I guess uh, I hear that uh, heroin makes you constipated. So it's interesting that Vincent Vega, every time something shitty happens in the movie, that dude's on the uh, in the john. So it's like bad things happen to Vincent whenever he has to go to the bathroom. Well, the uh, one he know. wasn't pooping though; he was just in there trying True. to get his head straight. Right, but which is the bathroom? So it was just... yeah. Which but, is another but... interesting uh, chapter to explore. But um, um, yeah, where we, where we go from here? What's what's uh? Well, it one more feature of the the gold watch chapter. Zed's motorcycle that Butch rides rides away on after he escapes from this figurative hell, um, and he gets kind of cleared by uh, Marcellus Wallace it says grace on the mm-hmm. side and it's very conspicuously displayed. Um, but um, we should put a pin in that because the next chapter afterward builds on that. Um, but the previous chapter bears discussion. Even though my favorite line in, uh, in that whole sequence, so when he comes back and she says, what happened to my, to my Honda? 
Oh, baby, I had to crash that I Honda. I had to crash that Honda. That is hilarious. I had to crash that Honda. Oh, I had to crash that Honda. Oh, sorry, baby. I had to crash that Honda. Whose bike is, whose motorcycle is not a motorcycle? It's a chopper. Whose chopper? <laughs> Zed. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> Zed's dead. So, I, I don't know. I still find that, that that's like my top three lines. I had to crash that Honda. I had to crash, I had that, to Honda. crash that Honda, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I got like a broken nose up, but you gotta get up. We gotta go. We She's gotta ready? go. No, so that that sequence though, like, so there's other little things, right? And I know this is Tarantino just making a movie, but bruh, you had to put some pop tarts in the toaster. Like, if my man had just put the watch on and walked out the door, none of that would have happened because the he, time he would have even missed Marcellus. Marcellus. Yeah. yeah. By a long well, shot, because well, he had to he had to skip breakfast. Well, well, uh, his, well, she was having she didn't even get blueberries. She had to get no, buttermilk, regular buttermilk. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I had to get regular buttermilk. It's like a throwaway line. How but I think blueberries. Well, I like also. I think I cracked my rib, giving me oral pleasure. He's like, no, not giving. Me, <laughs> <what are> you? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, no, I think Vincent had to die, though. I think the movie required that. To, of the to, four main characters, he's the only one, which is interesting. Uh, well, and we'll get into that. But, well, if we look at his story, um, the previous chapter where he goes out with Mar with uh, me Wallace, I think I thought it was I thought it was interesting. They went to they went to this diner called Jack Rabbit Slims, where everybody Jack is Rabbit Slims. Don't be a. <laughs> I'll be square. You right. can stake there, Daddy-O. Everybody's playing, everybody's kind of playing a, a role there. Like they're all right. actors, mm -hmm. playing actors. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's sort of <clears throat> you get that that's kind of Vincent's morality. That's his moral system. Um what do you mean? It like you you see that when he is <clears throat> after they get back. He, like he's he's kind of by then he's kind of fallen in love with her um like he went on a date with this beautiful woman and he hit it off with her but he knows he's just there because doing his boss's bidding because his boss told him to do this so he's so afterward he's he's at he's at their house he's in the bathroom go basically going over his lines in the mirror mm -hmm. like he's another actor and he's 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 talking himself into doing the right thing into doing the being loyal. Um, but you know that it's not really motivated by loyalty. It's motivated by self-preservation. And he even makes, he even makes a remark about how, look, I'm just going to drink my drink. Then I'm going to go home and I'm going to jerk off. And so he's clearly got the intentions toward her, but he's not acting on them because he has to play this role of the loyal um, henchman to Marcellus Wallace. But that's not what he's inclined to do. And you, you know, what's interesting is uh, when you go back to Tony Rocky Horror, how the foot massage is a is a is a thing, and he and he he talks about how great that is because there's an intimate thing going on, and you know it, and she knows it, but no one but ever you, talks about but, it. Yeah, you don't you don't talk about it. Now, when when they come back from the diner, he does an intimate thing with her. She's wearing his coat. Mm -hmm. Which is well, a they, line. Well, when they dance and he dips her, also, right? He dips right. her, well, I mean, so and as he's, he's picking her up, they're real close. Right. right. And then, 
and then he he turns because he's like that was too much and perhaps if he didn't cross the line of the of, of the unwritten then she wouldn't have found the heroin in his pocket in the wrong baggie because if homeboy just, was out of if balloons. it had just been in a balloon none of this would have right. happened right so it's funny that he never puts that back on him because he's like, why did you bring this shit? He's like, well, if you'd have put my shit in a in a balloon instead of a instead of a baggie, like a like a like an upstanding drug dealer, everybody <laughs> would have known it was heroin and not cocaine. Everybody knows heroin goes in balloons. I mean, yeah, right? I mean, well, their I, world. I, mean, they, I know. Their world, yeah. I, I know that because of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and only I because have of Pulp it. Fiction. Not that I would ever stick heroin up my nose. I wouldn't randomly store any kind of powder, but <laughs> I certainly but, won't if it's in a balloon. Along with the whole like playing playing a role thing, like that's that's the right. that's the this his system of morality. Before when he was at Lance's house getting the drugs, um, again they're having they're having you know this is a a hitman with this drug dealer, and then they get into this moral discussion about the guy who keyed his car, and they're like <laughs> you know that guy should be executed. There's no trial, no jury, just executed, and. Uh, they feel very strongly about them about the 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 moral rightness of you, their position. You, you just don't do that, man. You it would have been worth him doing it if I could have caught him doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but then he's like, "It's okay. Is it, is it okay if I shoot up here?" Oh, yeah, my Mikasa Zukas. Mikasa Zukas. I I I can't speak Spanish. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I keep it. It won't come out. Mikasa Zukas. Um. So he he's shoots up to, there. He started to hook her up with the chick on the couch. And he's Which like, one? Which one, the one with the with shit, the shit in her face? face. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife. And she has a weird fascination <laughs> with needles, right? So she has 16 piercings, none of them with a gun, always with I, a needle. Right. And then when they were going to give her the adrenaline she's shot, all she's like, like this watching. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. all leaned in watching it. When when she was pissed that she was even there, but then she's like, wait, you're going to stab her? I'm in. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm fucking invested in this right now. Yeah. That was well, that sequence was wild. What's interesting is his last words to him is Mikasa Sukasa, my house is your house. Like, and then when he make... brings her back over at the problem, he was like, "How dare you?" Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, which is just these are the these are the roles that we play to. You know, that's a that's a funny thing because just that that you know, make yourself at home. That's a really common thing to say to people when they come right. into your house. I never say that to people. Um, because you don't mean it. Because <laughs> I don't mean it, right? I'm right. like, you know, hey, you always, be comfortable. I always thought it was implied. Right. But there's so, things I so do at my there, home there, that I wouldn't there, do at Matt's. Right. And there's now there's <laughs> things I do at my house, right? So anybody that's ever been to my house, y'all know this. I, I keep drinks out in the fridge. I keep a very well-stocked refrigerator, both hard and soft drinks. I have a liquor cabinet. I have my food. I have my pantry. And I Carrie does an awesome job of keeping my house well-supplied. My rule is your first time at my house, I show you where everything is. After that, I'm never going to do it again. You want a drink? Go get a drink. You want to make an alcoholic drink? You know where the alcohol is. You want something to eat? You know where the food is. Like, I'm not going to at offer constantly because you're no longer a guest. That's that, Brian. That's the difference. The difference that I make. I say you're you're only a guest the first time. After that, you're not a guest. You're family. Hmm. But I never say make yourself at home because you don't belong in my bedroom, on my bed, or in my drawers, right? Like, like. Right. Those are the things that you would do if it was your home, and this ain't well, your home, and stay out of my stuff, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've I'm glad you've clarified that. Yeah, don't just get, like don't, don't get my, my brother behind. is my family, <laughs> but I don't want him tramping through my bedroom and right. opening drawers, right? Right. But right. he's my family, so you know, in the in the common areas of my home, hey, you know, you do right. do what's so, cool in this world. 
So if, can I bring a chick ODN over to your house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so funny, funny some side story. My brother went deer hunting today and he, without getting into all the specifics, he needed help at the last minute cleaning his deer. So he literally called me on the way in coming in with a carcass in the back of his truck. And we went out and used knives and carved up an animal and then sent him off on his way. So there was almost a little Pulp Fiction-esque wolf action going on in my, uh, in my shop today. Are you is... using a cellular phone? <laughs> I don't know you. Prank call. Prank, prank call. Wrong number. Prank call. That's a great movie. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> using a cellular phone? That's his issue? Right. <laughs> he goes, he, he all of a sudden was... he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> you want He's a cellular tearing phone? ass into his front yard and his first, like, you use a cellular phone to call me? Are you out of your mind? Look, if, if she dies, I'm a grease spot. And I'll be forced to tell Mr. Wallace that you were no help and you let her die on your lawn. He's like, ah, fine. <laughs> Get the book. Get the book. <laughs> that, that whole sequence over that book was hilarious. They never found the book. Get the shot. Get the shot. And why did they need the book to just stab her? He didn't, he didn't know how to do it. He's like, he so I stab her, sure what I stab her three, stab times. three times. <laughs> he's, he's like, give me a Sharpie. I, said, I fucking I felt pen. I don't know what's like this marker heart. They're freaking out. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen then? Pretty curious about that myself. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was great, man. I'm super curious to find out myself. He's like, look, if I bring a dead bitch and do OD into your house, I'll stab they, her. I'll stab her. <laughs> you know, uh, another interesting thing about the uh, about the diner, uh, when, when Butch goes back to his apartment and he's walking through, mm -hmm. somebody is listening to the radio in this complex. And in the complex, it reports a trophy being stolen from Jackrabbit Slims. So that, when they come catch. home with the trophy, they didn't win. They stole that trophy. I missed that. That's that's a really good catch. I just I've, I've, I've never heard night. that either. Huh? It's, it's like so they so they came home. You with assume the they win because they were dancing they pretty won. good. I mean, right. they that was. I mean, that first of all, that's John Travolta, right? That's right. That's yeah. that's Saturday like John Travolta's going to lose a dance contest, please. Right. Well, now that you mention that, that throws out my entire thesis for the movie. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess oh, the show's over. Because they're Sorry, thieves. Everybody. Oh, I blew it. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, I mean... it actually reinforces it. It reinforces the whole like, like their his system of morality is playing is just playing a role. It's lying to himself about what his motivations well, are. In fairness, they never they never congratulate each other for winning. Like they never right. talk about that again. They just show up with right. the trophy. Yeah, they don't go. Okay. Hey, good job. They just she got her trophy. But I love but, the scene at the at the swimming pool. I never got to thank you for dinner. Yeah, and he's like God. at the swimming pool. No, it's in the back room when. Yeah, after, it's after the. After yeah, the yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. After the fight in the yeah. locker room. Yeah, yeah, in the locker room. Um, he's like, "How you doing?" She's like, "I never got to thank you, but for dinner." And he's like, "Shut up." <laughs> Ixnay on the overdose. A <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so the last also chapter, an I'm interesting sorry, moral thing where you have to lie to your husband, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, what are we going to say about this? Lie, yeah, lie, that's lie, a, what lying by omission, right? Right. What you, what he yeah. doesn't know isn't going to hurt him. So as far as I'm concerned, be... Marcellus could live his entire life and never know about this. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so where could that have taken them if she didn't OD and they had drinks and right. did what else could they have whatever they were Marcellus intending about. to do and then not tell Marcellus? The thing that threw me as far as like a, a possible plot hole is so they don't have a recording system on their security cameras. It was the 90s. She, well, she was recording. She was watching him on a on a right. on a remote remote camera system which is pretty high end for the 90s right that's like well beyond anything tony montana had and right. to think that you know she was watching him at intercoms and all that but it wasn't recorded so that marcellus wasn't come home watch the tape and go my well, wife's dead right there on the couch how, but how is that a plot hole well because they never discuss if she was she in a state of mind to go clear the tapes marcellus didn't ask why are the tapes missing well three a two-hour chunk for all we know, she didn't, and she he discovered them. That's part of the story he wasn't told. But he's too busy torturing rednecks for well, uh, and Vincent's <laughs> dead. Yeah, right. So, I found you know what I found striking also in the diner <laughs> is when he uh, he tries to confront her about Tony Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. and she's appalled. Like, mm-hmm. you think my husband would kill someone for rubbing my feet? And he's like, he's like. Yeah, like hold on. Hold, she's like, oh, stop. Hold on. You think that Marcellus yeah. would kill a man? She was for bothered by feet. it. Yeah, like no. So she was like sticking up for her gangster husband over something so absurd as killing someone for rubbing her feet. Was she sticking up for him, or was she simply pointing out how ridiculous they were? The 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 the, the knitting the 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 women's knitting right. club that talks because he mentions right? he's never actually touched me for other than shaking my hand at my wedding at my that's wedding. the only time that which then that they Tony's they ever... over they over accentuated them shaking hands right when he left her and he it, was like shake on it and then the camera's like on their on their hands shaking and the irony is this is the one moment of like candor and of of vince's vincent's whole like character arc like through the whole the whole thing is about how he's an actor morality morality itself is just an acting job it's just playing a role this in this one moment and and she's an actor she did a pilot um but um i'm just gonna laugh at her jokes she went through with my mouth closed and it's funny that she tells one joke and it was and he kind of musters himself to laugh (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i yeah this this movie has so many layers to it you it just, does have you, a lot of layers. You just keep digging, and there's always more stuff. But um, but every layer kind of reinforces that central that that through line of kind of different moral systems, and um, so the last chapter it, it kind of it's almost like an M Night Shyamalan movie in that, and this was before M Night Shyamalan movies, um. So I guess you could say Quentin Tarantino invented this, but um, like if you watch that, if you watch the rest of the movie with that last chapter in mind, it's the whole movie is really kind of about Jules and Vincent coming to this fork in the road mm-hmm. of this this question mark miracle. Okay, the last chapter kind of expands on the first chat. Well, it. It, it's it's chronologically before the rest of the movie so and it and overlaps with that one scene so it kind of that's why i say it expands on the first scene with uh uh honey bunny and uh what's his name um pumpkin Ringo. and <laughs> Ringo. Pump, 
yeah yeah ringo pumpkin and honey bunny um but um yeah so they're and, and, in and this... ringo's really good at knowing if you're lying or not ringo is good at knowing if you're lying mm-hmm. how so you never watch lie to me oh uh-uh. <laughs> a little tim roth reference yeah. there okay um yeah, so they have the, this miracle, and they're they you know they both experience the same thing. The guy comes out with the hand cannon, unloads on him. Everyone misses, then they kill him. Jules sees this as a miracle. Vincent just sees it as a freak occurrence. Um, Jules sees it as God intervening to save him, mm-hmm. and it it changes him. Mm-hmm. It so the the whole movie is about these these different moral systems and how they how they inter how they interact and compete with each other and intersect and stuff um and you have all these awful people who are very concerned about being about about the moral rightness of their position within their given system but then you have this instance where Jules who has as a as a kind of a, a an act of murderous cynicism likes to quote this made up verse from Ezekiel before he kills a guy. Um but now cold blooded shit to sit somewhere for a pop a cap in his ass. <laughs> yeah. Um well now that starts meaning something to him. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's changed him because it's it's am, connected am, him. Am I the righteous man or am I the tyranny of evil? <laughs> or am I the shepherd? Right. Or uh but um, but no, it uh, it connects him to the absolute moral system. It connects him to the the moral system that transcends all moral systems, and so he has to leave this life. He can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's like, I'm gonna. T- I'm telling Mister. I'm telling Marcellus tomorrow, and and Vincent's yeah. like, he's probably gonna laugh at you. He's like, I don't give a shit if he does. We're, yeah, because he's he's beyond it. Yep. He's unmoved mm-hmm. by the walk the earth like king from kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> getting into adventures and shit That's which is which is a pretty apt analogy because like the whole the whole motif you know of of the western it's like the the stranger um who travels from town to town he's kind of he's beyond the you know local politics he's 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 outside of the rules and that's kind of what the the man of god is that that you know, Jules is going to embody is someone who is connected to a transcendent moral system. So, you know, the, the rules of man don't really apply to you anymore. It doesn't mean that you can just break the law with impunity, but you're not doing things. You're not doing the right thing because the laws of man compel you. You're doing it. You could say, according to a higher law, you, or better yet, because you are, you're aligned with God and you do it, you do it for its own sake rather than because there's a system of rules that says you have to behave this way. And it like, it was, it was pretty brilliant how, you know, Quentin Tarantino conveyed this in this, in this movie and in that particular chapter. Um, Like he had this, you know, he had this revelation of this, of this higher system of morality. And he, he chose to align himself with it and thereby also transcend all of the different moral systems that we've seen in, in, in the movie. Whereas Vincent kind of laughed it off and ridiculed it 
Um, and he kind of, it, he ended up dead. Yeah. He, right. he, he ended up dead, but he went through this kind of series of, uh, you know, for him, morality was just pretending, uh, to meet the needs of the moment, um, or to meet the, or to meet the, uh, the most immediate needs, I guess. Um, but there was nothing transcendent about it. It was, it was entirely, he was the center of his own moral universe. And you kind of saw that when he's, uh, he's dealing with Jimmy and with the wolf. Um, he's, he's hostile toward them until they, until they pay him his respect. Right. Cause he, he even makes that comment to Jules. Cause Jules is like, look, this is my friend, blah, blah. And he's like, look, that means I got to eat their shit. I'm not, I don't care. He's like, I don't, I'm not going to be nice to them just because. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Or he's like, a a please would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty please. Sugar on top. Sugar on top. Got the fucking car. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that movie, just as as an aside, didn't at a point in time, didn't that movie set the record for the most instances of the F word in in a Hollywood production? I believe it. it, either, I, it I, it's I either know. that or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was Pulp Fiction. At the There's time. some movies in the 70s that's pretty. Not 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 that were two and a half hours long that were dialogue I'll driven to, though. I mean, I'll have to look that up. I think I think it might make the top ten. But I, I feel like it broke the record at the time. But it's mm-hmm. it's, it's neither here nor there. There were a lot of f words, but There's uh, quite a few. The n word was also 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 uh, prolific. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm prepared to scour the earth for that motherfucker. If if he goes to Indochina, I want a nigga hiding in a bowl of rice ready to pop a cap. <laughs> so according to you got that, you got like every line in that memorized. Because <laughs> Marcellus was my guy. Well, I'm good medieval on his ass. The rest of his short ass life, the soon to be <laughs> soon to be short. Painful with whatever he says, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Soon to be dead ass existence. Nope. Okay. So I just I just pulled it. There's apparently uh there's a list. Um any David Mamet movie. So or a play. There's a rate where they they do it per minute. Um and so if you sort by rate or total count, um, there's a different number. So nice. just because we're on a tangent, real quick, I'm gonna solve this. There's a movie called Swear Net who has the most uses 935 what when did it come out 2014 um and then so the most the the of of the modern movies wolf of wall street um oh okay but then similar time frame casino has 422 uh Mm -hmm. straight out of compton has 392 um pulp fiction is at only 265 so i was way off Nice. Yeah. Weak, weak sauce. Maybe at the time though, because yeah. you just named you gotta, movies after. You got you to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. This casino's like, oh, Scorsese's like, oh no way is Tarantino outdoing me. Goodfellas, Goodfellas was above it. Um, I'm betting Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't even. Is, I don't is, see that as a contender. Hmm. I think it's too old. I'm scrolling. Okay. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Good. Yeah, I don't even see it. American History X has more. Scarface has more. A Bronx Tale, okay. 22 Jump Street. All right. I'm bored with this topic. 
just yeah. you're just salty because Glenn Gary Glenn Ross isn't on here. I I can take that. It's okay. <laughs> that's a that's a fine L. I'll go I'll go count it up myself later and <laughs> you just go watch the movie yourself. again. You yeah. gonna watch it on VHS or something? What are you? Like... I got it on 4K. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make the doesn't even make the list. So I watch Glenn Gary Glenn Ross on 4K like a couple times a month. Did we ever mention that Brian needs that. a girlfriend? But yeah, who loves Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh you know, there's another there's another thought you've actually brought to mind now that we're talking about this. So <laughs> let's presuppose that the event with um at Brett's house or apartment or hotel or whatever that was. But that was, was an apartment. But that was divine divine intervention, right? One could even argue that uh, Vince had multiple other opportunities to see the, the 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 wrongs of his of his path, right? Because right after that is when the the date with Mia happens, which that should be enough to wake somebody up and be like, "Hey, you know what you're doing? It's pretty wild." Um, and it doesn't, and then it ultimately results in his death. So that's a that's an interesting way to look at this. Like it's it's this is not a lens I've ever applied to Pulp Fiction, because I've I've wholly viewed it as just absolute entertainment in the purest form. But no such thing. When uh, when Ringo and Yolanda are like happy to be getting out of there, mm-hmm. they like have this embrace as they're walking. Mm-hmm. As as if maybe they changed their lives as well, right? Like they just had a they just had a, a moment, right? <laughs> well, but that was clearly, I'm trying real hard, Ringo, real. Hard. But that and that, that was clearly that Jules. Dialogue, Jules was definitely in a place of forgiveness, and that was so that was a thing there, right? Like he's like, look, <laughs> I thought it was funny that that Vince didn't want to kill them for the violence. holding up the place or or pointing guns at them. But for if you give him fifteen million dollars, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him out of principle. Principle, yeah. Like yeah, that's I thought, the principle. I <laughs> thought I thought that was an interesting irony that he was the one standing on principle, but again, wrong principle. Just, but it's just, but it's just rhetorical. Yeah, like it's it's again, it's just he's just playing a role. Um, he doesn't actually have principles other than respect Vincent. That's that's it. Respect Vincent, Vincent, and Vincent stay, and Vincent wants to stay alive. Well, so just is it respect Vincent or just respect broadly? Like he felt like the whole situation was just disrespectful in general, right? Well, I mean, in that scenario, he clearly should have been the one rendering respect. So it wasn't respect in general. Um, he just in- intruded on this guy's morning and ruined his hand towels. And he's demanding respect in this situation where he isn't he's 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 imposing. So I don't think it was respect in general. I think it was respect. No, I was, I was talking about res- at the diner, the diner sequence. Oh, because um, the whole thing about well, him threatening to shoot him out of principle that was about the money. well, but I but we've kind of already established like what Vincent's moral compass is, um, and so kill him on general principle is it's it's kind of it's it's kind of empty in his mouth by this point because we know kind of what drives him and it's not he's not a principal person don't, don't key his car 
Don't Which, I, mean, that... I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's some of his principles I agree with. Don't key a man's car. Don't give another man's wife a foot massage. Right. Like, I mean, he's right on those things. Well, but he was probably going to give her a foot massage if she had an OD. I mean, it's not that he was trying to leave. He intended to leave whether he, he so would he... or wouldn't. We don't know, but he intended to. So he didn't get killed, though. I mean, was that right? But um, but kind of the, I mean, like the, the like, but 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 they also like he thinks that someone should die for killing King a car, not get beat up or well, I, so, jail so, or... so excuse me. I have a 68 Camaro that I'm rebuilding in my shop. I'm not entirely sure I wouldn't kill somebody if they keyed it once, <laughs> once it's done it on the street. I'm just saying, like I I'm not saying you're right or wrong. It's just uh overkill. Is it? I used to yeah, I think so. I well, mean, if somebody just carry a foot massage when I'm not around, I'll this probably throw them off a fourth story building. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, That's yeah, fair. Okay. Um <laughs> But that was just kind of that was kind of banter though. Like I don't I don't know that it was, you know, he he was just bantering with his drug dealer. And actually, Lance was the one who talked about the death. Yeah, yeah, but, right. Except um, that he wanted to catch him doing it. Right. No, and yeah. Vince, Vince, we don't know if Vince would have killed the guy or not. But he 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 was right. his point was the violence that I would inflict on the guy would almost be worth it if I got to catch him. But right, I'm still super pissed that my cool car got. But I just that I'm gonna run into your house later. By the way, because <laughs> he smokes that car into his into his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Give some uh, some exegesis on this. He uh he Tarantino says that it was Butch that keyed his car. I like that. By the way, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's interesting in their makes... first encounter. They're, they just hate each other for no reason. Well, mostly there might Vince. be a reason why Vince hates Butch. We don't know. We don't know what the backstory right. there is, but he's like, I'm... because as soon as he walked in, he's like, oh, Marcel's intended business. He's like, oh, hell no, not with that. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, that's really strange not, that he's so not, angry. Not your friend, Punchy. What'd you say? I'm not your friend, Beluka. You heard, you heard me just fine, Paluka. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what's this guy's problem? <laughs> he's like, we have a problem, friend? He's like, you're my friend, Paluka. <laughs> Oh, you heard me, Punchy. Now I'm going to go watch the movie. I'm, I'm probably going to watch the movie again after this. I just oh, watched it the other day. That's why I watched you, it today. Like I had to. I had to. You, I you just got to watch like the up. background now. I uh, never not, noticed not that. The, not the main stuff. By you gotta, in the first scene. Yeah, there's a lot of slide of yeah. hand going on. To Brian's the, point, a dude in a t-shirt with long. To Brian's point, hair. much like that's that's an M Night Shyamalan thing. There's a lot of slide of hand in his movies. He he doesn't cheat. Like when you. It's always there, like 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 the Fifth Element, yeah. right? Like or the Sixth Sense, not the Fifth Element. They're, they're, they're both Bruce Willis movies, by the way. But you know. yeah, right. <laughs> I, I remember watching the Sixth Sense, and and and, and uh, also Twelve Monkeys. Bruce likes numbers. Yeah, I was about to. I'm, <laughs> I, they don't give the reveal yet, and I'm like, oh shit. And Delaney's like, what? What's the matter? I'm like, and oh, you just got it, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so pissed right now. So mad because it because at first I was like I hate this movie it's stupid kind why does he change his clothes why and... does he say these things like he doesn't like why does he make eye contact with people what the fuck is going on here why don't they make eye contact <laughs> like, with him is, is, yeah right yeah right I'm like oh you'll see hold on here it comes yep yeah <laughs> I had Alyssa watch it with me not too long ago and I, she I, was like I honestly did not see it coming until I, I, I don't think I saw it coming until seconds before the reveal I think I, I was onto it in that scene 
but I didn't catch it. But it was a great one. The one that I never yeah, I, saw coming was uh, the Usual Suspects. Oh yeah, that was the yeah. one that just blew my mind. Just don't spoil it for the people at home. <laughs> Fun fact: It's of a thirty-year-old uh, movie. movie. The, the movie we theater have young that, we have younger viewers that we watched uh pole fiction at in pensacola i saw another tim <laughs> roth film called rob roy with uh with liam neeson yep. and uh well sword fighting going and, on there yeah and you saw and that with me a, didn't you what an underrated film very good movie yeah uh, did you watch it with me and Delaney? maybe wait maybe no so. i saw i think i i saw that with you at the mall Oh, maybe it was the mall. Not not that place. It was the mall. We no, we saw Braveheart at the mall. I think we saw them both at the mall. So that's, but I, Braveheart. I watched Braveheart. Is when uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we we right. saw Braveheart in Pensacola, and Jeep's uh, Dre's Jeep got stolen. <laughs> you got <Remember> stolen. You remember the mall in Pensacola? Oh, because you came out the wrong side. <laughs> yes. Well, when I went to the stall that's identical, and I just like sat down, like fucking my Jeep stall. Well, he first kind of <laughs> he panicked, and then he sat down, and then but and then I'm stand, I'm looking around, like maybe maybe they'll maybe they're driving around or something. And uh, <laughs> like we'll just I'll, I'll stop the car and pick it up. And, I was so and then, sad. And then I'm like, yeah, he looks so defeated. So that's and then so I'm that's just like, that's actually very on brand for Dre. When he has those moments, his his default is to go and just sit down. Like that's his, he's like, well, no point wasting. And then I'm like, no point wasting calories. We've got a problem. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I'm like, so uh, what do you want to do now? And uh, and he just kind of sat there a minute. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And Th- that you know, so we went to see Braveheart together. And I had to go pick Delani up from Red Lobster, so I missed the end. I never knew how Braveheart ended for like the longest time. That's weird. He died. He, he died. I think. I think Batman is the movie the Jeep got stolen. The, the uh, Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman. No. Batman. A kiss forever. from a rose, Batman. Batman forever. A kiss sure. from a rose, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That that seal song was the best thing I, I had going for. I, I got the reference. That's just a funny way to say it. The, the kiss, the, the kiss from a rose, Batman. Oh, okay, that Batman. <laughs> yeah. Damn Batman. But Rob yeah. Roy, underrated flick. Nobody watched because because Braveheart came out around the same time. And they're like that movie's epic, and that movie. Is I, just I, I actually like Rob Roy more than good. Braveheart. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's shorter. <laughs> That's a big part of it, though. No, I just I. Brave got better. Like just Braveheart was a weird movie for me because I went and saw it at the theater. Um, I don't, even, I don't remember why the hell we went all the way to Tucson to watch it. Like, why couldn't we have just watched it in Sierra Vista? But might not have been playing. I don't know. But or it might not have been. I, as fun. I just remember I every, were... everybody making a big deal out of it, and like I remember being like, it was an all right movie. Like it was good. I don't dislike. I loved it. it. I don't dislike it at any level. I'm trying to figure out why you wouldn't have, what, like. Why what? You would have been I like Patriot better when I clearly wasn't. Dude, you guys were mm. you guys were like a quarter ahead of me, school wise. Yeah. Why do you think you two were squad leaders and I wasn't? You think there's a planet where you would have been a squad leader over me? Because we were superior Marines. No, because you were there before me. Uh only slightly, but I don't know. 
but I was uh, there forever in a day. So yeah, no, no, because um, I remember I remember when Dre left uh, Wachuca, but like you guys were both at least a quarter ahead of me, and in yeah, and, sure. and in Wachuca terms, that's like forever because we were only there for like nine months. Right. So you were there, you know, a third of your done of your tour was already done by the time I got there. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. I hundred I, percent I was in I was in Tucson with Zuma and I think Morrison. And we rented a van. Like an actual van. And we well, drove to- Morrison Morrison was my squad leader when I got to Pensacola. Right again because he but, was a like a and, like a super genius and he flew through the school right. and but morrison and i showed up to wachuca at the same time it's the same day yeah I'm, i remember that morning yeah they made you guys go on a uh 5k a fun a run. 5k and yeah. i was the uh i was i was sitting it out in protest because i objected to man i thought i was gonna fun. die yeah that elevation was no joke yeah morrison never let me live that down that i was he, he went on he was he was in my squad and so he was mad that his squad leader wasn't around when he got forced to go on a 5k but i stand by it stand by my decision but um yeah well i think we might be boring we're probably done with, we're probably with done our, with pulp fiction well i think there's a, a few takeaways okay what are they um um well um if i'm a good person won't god just accept me um that's a that's a common refrain you hear from from Mm non-christians um pulp fiction does a really good job of illustrating how like all of these people within their sphere of morality they were good people they were they according to their terms but these are socially constructed terms outside of that that realm they're scumbags they're hitmen and and gangsters and drug dealers um but they everybody's moral compass is keyed to positive self-regard that's what you that's what you pursue to satisfy your moral compass you do what you can you you behave in a way where you can regard yourself well um everybody else might not think so but just because your moral compass tells you that you're a good person that doesn't mean that you are it doesn't mean that you are living according to that transcendent system of morality that Jules found in the last chapter of the movie. Um, and that's really what Christianity is. It's, it's that it's God entering into the world to reveal himself face to face to humanity through the person of Jesus Christ. And through him, you know, the, the miracle that humanity gets, um, you know, Jules, Jules got that miracle of the of the uh you know all the all the bullets passing by without hitting him. Um humanity gets the this what Jesus called the sign of Jonah, his resurrection. And that's what connects us to the higher moral reality that is God. Um that's what you need to be aligned with in order to be a good person in, in the in the absolute, in the objective sense. Um everything else is just a, a socially constructed relativistic system of morality um but um and and you know we always we always try to tie it to the the divine council worldview 
Uh, that was gonna be my question. Is there a is there a DCW angle to to this uh this this uh yeah. Yeah, well the the uh the nations are like all of those different <clears throat> moral systems that that we encounter as we as we go through the plot of the movie. Um Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um so everybody is in their, you know, their their cultural system of morality, and they're good according to that. But that isn't that isn't the true goodness. Um, you know, there you you could say that the gods of the of of the divine council that rule over the nations, they are the sources of those moral codes. Um, the point of the gospel is to is to rescue them from that and put them under under the, the the true standard of goodness that being god himself and so you know you could think of all these different spheres of morality within pulp fiction as as the nations ruled by the divine council and jules being the one who escaped them and was 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 freed from them by divine intervention um so and by the way I realize the skepticism my thesis might meet with the idea that Quentin Tarantino would do what is arguably a Christian movie. Um, and it certainly doesn't come packaged that way with all the F bombs and the gratuitous violence and, and, and the, the supposedly uh, glorifying crime. But uh, he also wrote from dusk till dawn. Have you guys seen that? Mm -hmm. We um, saw it together. Didn't we Matt? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the point of that movie is George Clooney and his brother, played by Quentin Tarantino, um, they're they're escaped cons trying to get to Mexico. Um, they're you know leaving this trail of wreckage behind them. They they hijack this uh, this apostate preacher and his family's uh, RV. Um, the preacher had lost his faith because his wife died, and then they go down to Mexico and they they uh wind up at this uh this stripper bar it was a truck that stop. turns out to okay well it's a it's a it's a stripper bar at a truck stop yeah um but it <laughs> turns out Salma to be hayek having tequila poured down her body that was who a... cares what else happens in that film that's a... that was an important part of the movie <laughs> I got it. I have to agree with you, Dre. That was. Uh... <laughs> so I, I forgot the rest of the movie. I was just thinking, uh, tequila off of feet. What's with Quentin Tarantino? Well, with so Quentin Tarantino, and, and it was him, looking... and it was him. She sticks her foot because he wrote it. He's, he's like, like yeah. he's like, he's like, she's got to do this. Yeah, it's her job. It's yeah. her job. To, it's in her contract. Yeah. Um, but That's not you, you're very good. You. It, yeah. It, it turns out to be infested with vampires. And it's like two movies, and then it like it there is, halfway there really the movie, is two separate movies, yeah. Right, right, right. All of a sudden, it's just vampires everywhere, and they're and they're killing vampires. But it's this, but it's really the story about how this preacher recovers his faith, and this this hardened criminal, um, like he's the person who kind of like narrates the the logical implications of this. If these things exist then the devil exists, then hell exists. And if hell exists, then heaven exists. And if heaven exists, then there is a God. And so 
you know, we got this badass man of God here to save us from these vampires. And it's, it, it's, it's something that like you'd expect a 10 year old to write, but it's, it's really, it really is kind of like the point of the movie is because there, because there's this transcendent supernatural evil, there's also transcendent supernatural good, i.e. God. And if Quentin Tarantino wrote something like that, then I don't think that my my reading of Pulp Fiction is too uh, too far fetched at all. So you know, I've, I've never heard a line of questioning for Quentin on on that on the on religious the religious undertones. Right. So I think we need to get him as a guest, dude. That'd be on the show. Be, that'd be a good uh, that'd be a good conversation, right? Because uh, can you imagine him going, "You're the first guys to figure this out." <laughs> <laughs> I think there's I mean, probably some kind of award for that. You know, there's you know he's religions gonna, he'll tell us what's in the box that's that's packaged up with with curse words and kind of like uh, our show. Well, so right, so, so it's funny you say that, right? Because we've had that conversation about what's the purpose of this show and why are we doing this and what's the goal and all of that, right? And you know, for those at home, the three of us have had an ongoing argument about what the show should be how we should do it. Brian argues for more structure and more um, uh, formality and, you know, purposeful. Well, guidance. more prep preparation, yeah, preparation, but more purposefulness. Right. And, yeah. and I specifically, and Dre to a, to a, I won't put words in Dre's mouth, but me specifically, I've argued that the show needs to be more fluid and more loose. And I, I've, I'm of the opinion that the idea for this show is essentially a variety show that brings you back to God at the end as a trick almost. Whereas, you know, Brian's view is more like, let's talk about a Bible verse. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the way that these things work together. Um, one could argue if Brian's right, that's what Quentin Tarantino has been doing all along is he's writing these heavily R rated movies that are all trying to make you subtly understand that God is a real thing and he's out there. And if he exists, you should worship and follow him. It's it's an interesting well, it's an interesting illusion, but of course Not the illusion, question is but illusion. But then the question is, I mean, you made a point about how like how many guys have figured this out. Mm -hmm. Um, I I checked so far, just me, right? Um, as far as <laughs> right, out. that's what I know. I'm saying that um, like it's definitely right. No, no one's Dre's right. No one's ever brought this up to Quentin in all of his interviews about like Quentin. Tell us about the the Christian undertones to your movies. And he does, he, 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 about his own religious beliefs, he has said it many, many years ago, he said he was an evangelical born again, Bible believing Christian. Seriously? Or at least that he had. He been. said that? He said I, I that. believe you. I just find that like hard to believe. Yeah, it's, it's on the, it's on the Wikipedia article, right. but in 2021, he said he was an atheist. Hmm. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, but like, I haven't found confirmation anywhere that my reading of Pulp Fiction is right, but at the same time, on it just on on its merits, just watching Pulp Fiction, I don't see how I'm wrong. Right, and so I dig it. Yeah, I mean, and and him coming out now as an atheist doesn't mean it wasn't all there yeah. in his movies when he wrote them, right? Much like yeah. I like to point out that the um, the the dudes that wrote the Matrix did not write the Matrix to be about 
Trans- transitioning right like that's not right. what's going on in that movie you, i don't give a shit what you tell me that's not what, what the matrix is about that they can retcon it all they want and it's their movie to they retcon, took, but i think they took a, i think they took a blue pill yeah i think they took a whole bottle of blue pills since they made For that sure. movie <laughs> yeah they're like offended that the, the red pill is a, is a thing right <laughs> which makes me love it more you, right right yeah <laughs> you stole our thing you can you evil conservative there's just no way that you watch the matrix and you don't pick up on the the edenic uh allegory there right like it's a hundred percent eden like there's no two ways about it zion and all that come on knock it right knock it off this isn't about transitioning how the hell do you even make that argument yeah if if it's about transitioning they they suck at it they they suck at telling you one of the worst movies ever made it's it's a (laughs) terrible movie i'll never watch it again never even refer to it again it's horrible it's terrible Um, just terrible terrible but we before we wrap up on pulp fiction we do need to discuss dre are you okay there's a helicopter over my home like i feel like somebody's about to rappel down Maybe it's Tarantino to tell me we're right. Like I don't <laughs> he know. He can where... hear it. He's like coming to show up. He's, yeah. he's it's his QRS. I, mean, I I do live on Kent Pendleton Marine I know, Base. I was, I was about to so say the... you 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 are in California, so yeah, but there's but there's a, a somebody's getting to the chopper. <laughs> my... <laughs> Every time I, I hear that line, I I, I crave a cigar. <laughs> probably so what, what, what were we this. saying before I was interrupted by a helicopter? He said, "Oh, yeah." Uh what was in the briefcase? It, there's so many theories, right? I, here's what I know. Tarantino has said openly, whatever you think is in the briefcase is what was in the briefcase. So he he has gone out of his way to say, I'm never going to tell cle- you what's in the briefcase. But clearly he's wrong. He clearly <laughs> can't be because... Just it's, just a, yeah. it's just uh, a plot device to move, right. the, move the yeah. story I mean, there's So there's but, obviously the heavy fan theories that it's it's a soul right that it's that it's marcellus wallace's soul and that that's why there's a, a bandage on the back of his head yeah I've heard there's, that. there's that weird theory um i don't know i i i honestly never gave a lot of thought to it um mm-hmm. the the movie has so much other things going on that i never really put a lot of thought into it i mean do you, you don't know do you two have ideas on what's in it i mean it distracts ringo long enough that jules can get the upper hand right because remember, Julian's like, okay, you win, Ringo. And he opens the case because he knows it's going to wow him. And then he can... Mm-hmm. So he already knows. Like, right. it, there's something Because he happen. knew what it was, right? And right. And and Vincent knew what it was, and he was still thrown off. Are we good? Right. And he's like... Yeah, yeah, we're good, right? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we but obviously, yeah. the 666 on the combo is, is purposeful, right? Like, that wasn't a throwaway. It yeah. wasn't one, two, three... Somebody oh, changed my yeah. luggage combo. Yeah, it wasn't. You, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that. So, Brian, have you ever heard the truth on the bandage? Heard the what? The on uh, the bandaid on a uh, on Marcellus on Ming Rhames' head. Have I heard the what about it? The, though? the truth about it, like why? The why was story? No. So as you as, as bald black guys know, we we shave our heads, and uh, he cut his head and put a bandaid on that morning and forgot about it. So when the shooting started, <laughs> he's like, "Ah, oh, I forgot. I got to take the bandaid off." And, and Quentin's like, "No, it's perfect. Let's leave it right there. It's this is good. We'll we'll even we'll even focus on it." And then, 
but, but yeah, because awesome. Big Rings cut his head shaving. That Quint, look, here's the thing about Quentin Tarantino: the dude understands a movie. He understands blocking, which is an industry term for the the angles and the the oh, view. Oh. Like I, I saw an interview where somebody, I forget who it was, was supposed to act in a role for him, and they wanted to have a conversation about if they were the right actor. And Quentin asked him, "What kind of shoes are you going to be wearing?" And the actor had this whole story about why he was wearing these specific type of shoes. And Quentin was like, you're my guy. And then there was no, there was no like, like tryout after that. He just wanted to know what kind of shoes would this character wear? And he told him and he gave him an answer that Quentin liked that it had a backstory. And Quentin yeah. was like, well, that's it. That's it. You're, you're my guy. And I wish I could remember who it was and what the movie was, but like, the dude gets it as far as like how to put a uh an experience have you noticed together. that butch in all his car scenes mm-hmm. it's it's like fake. it's filmed in black and white yeah it's like an old like 30 everyone movie. else has a different yeah different you know lens through the window but butch's is black and white all of them were different right yeah it's because he was trying to I, I guess he was i think he was trying to show like different personalities because to the point but like vincent vincent's was like from the 60s it was like color like like um like it like like, a tv show technicolor right like it was yeah it was like era specific but when butch was driving the honda it was they were like opaque glass yeah but you could see in from the outside but you couldn't see out the glass i didn't notice that it was really weird, and it, it caught my eye last night. I was like, and then and then they 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 pan a shot outside the car, and all the windows are, how, are clear. How about the super wonky view when he's in the cab with uh, Esmeralda? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the black and white. Okay, that was, it's yeah. like the the city, but the city is like loss of color. Well, and sh- and they're was, but they're also in like a '56 Chevy car, <laughs> and she's barefooted for some reason. Do Do you think that's related to the fact that he winds up? on a motorcycle and that's how he makes his escapes to freedom what would what would have to do with the other what would what, have what do you do mean what other? does that have to do with him being on a motorcycle well First every time he's a motorcycle car, a chopper stand, i'm sorry you're i stand zed's dead okay <laughs> i stand corrected that's that's a good thank you for correcting me matt that was important um, um, well, he felt it important enough to correct his girl twice, <laughs> two different times. It's not a motorcycle; it's a chopper. No, I, I'm not arguing. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree I with you. You're absolutely right. You're you were right to correct me. I was wrong hey, to call it a motorcycle. Hey, you made a point about it being called Grace, hmm. which which I noticed for the first and time you, last and you night. Put a pin in it. Thirty years, and that's the first time I noticed that it was called Grace. Right when he's in a car, it's all like the color is weird. He's sort of cut off from the outside world world the outside world cut out cut off from him and he's sort of trapped in you know he's trapped in this situation where his life's at stake and he has to he has to escape but then he gets you know he reconciles with marcellus wallace and leaves him there to uh you know destroy the gimp and his henchmen in, in figurative hell and he rides away on you know out in the open on a, a chopper it is not a motorcycle, but a chopper named Grace. If, um, if you had a pot, I'd punch you in it. 
I would smother you with it. <laughs> I hate your mongoloid voice. <laughs> so are you, are you suggesting that, that that his grace is what allowed him to get away because he went back and did the right thing? Well, I think like looking at that, I don't know that his grace or that he is the recipient of grace that he uh, was freed from this this world of corruption and vice and cruelty, but by grace. And I think that kind of ties into, you know, I think that's the setup for the next chapter where Jules is saved by grace. Um, he's saved by this miracle that aligns him with a higher power um, that basically connects him to God. Um, I think you kind of see the same theme in Butch's riding away on grace. Um, so, and to the to the point about you know what's in the briefcase, I think, I mean, I I can I don't know that I can say exactly what it is, but it certainly ties into that theme. It's it's something rare and valuable and precious and beautiful, but not uh, not everybody can receive it. Um, Jules wound up being the being the custodian of it, even though Vincent saw it, Ringo saw it. Um, what Brett was doing to that, we don't know. Um, but Jules winds up being the custodian of that before he gives it to Marcellus Wallace and before Jules kind of, you know, escapes the world and, uh, goes to walk the earth like Cain from Kung Fu. Cause now he's aligned with God. And as, it, it, and the rest of the story is kind of the story of this, you know, in the background is this briefcase. Um, now Marcellus Wallace has it, and he is sort of uh, in the Bonnie situation. Well, he doesn't have it yet in the Bonnie situation because Jules has it, but he kind of he does have it during the Gold Watch chapter, and he kind of winds up. He has a bad time, but he winds up freeing Butch. Butch drives away on Grace. Um, but anyway, I like I don't I don't want to be too specific about it because I'm I'm just I'm just speculating and I don't want to I don't think you really can be that specific, right. but I it 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 certainly must tie into the themes that we've been observing. So that's I'll just leave it yeah, at that. I mean it's it makes you wonder. <clears throat> here's the and here's the thing with with Quentin. Some a lot of times he has purposeful reasons behind things and sometimes he does stuff just as throwaways because he thinks it's funny and so i'm with you like i want to be with you i just don't know if that one's one that that works or not well and i'm not i'm not fully with right. me and either on that i mean because it's it it's like you it you, did jump out though it, yeah. it is it is striking well what but there's a but there's enough about the rest of the movie that kind of like sets you on a certain trajectory that it's it's very tantalizing to want to fit that into it because yeah. it is such a conspicuous thing yeah that well, well how does that fit in it well, has to somehow i don't know what's weird to me about it is being a motorcycle guy it's not technically chopper. a chopper no but that, that that's not a chopper that doesn't fit the <laughs> definition of a chopper it's, well, it's so good. It's a super glide, right? It's a it's a Dyna it's a Dyna glide, most likely an FXR. Um, so, like, to know what it is is one thing. Why he's so insistent on calling it a chopper, I don't know. 
Like that to me just feels like Quentin being funny. Right. What's the difference between a chopper and it's, a motorcycle? It's the way it's set up, right? It has to do with the rake, which is the um, the length and the angle of the forks, which is the, okay. the neck to the front wheel. That's pretty much what right. makes you a chopper. I don't know what the the rule is, but like that's usually the first thing you see when you think of like the like easy rider and that kind of stuff. Right? They have those super long rake. That's a chopper, right? right? Um, I don't know when it becomes a chopper versus a regular bike, but like I don't know. That's a that's like the a exact angle, the exact length and ankle angle. There's a that point where to... you just look at it and you just know you're like that's motorcycle a chopper. chopper. Right, right. Um, then like I like I remember noticing it saying Grace one one of the times I watched it, and thinking it was weird that a dude's riding around on a bike with a assuming that it was named after his girlfriend when he's a you right. know a homosexual rapist yeah. like that seemed odd right like, <laughs> right and he's a cop so he's a security guard is he he's got a gun and he, and a badge it's, it's, it says security guard does honestly. it really okay i thought he was a yes. cop i thought he was like a deputy sheriff or something but regardless how many times have you seen somebody in a uniform riding a motorcycle like that's a weird thing also mm. so i don't know like all of that was just super weird and why were they rednecks in LA <laughs> with this Confederate flag hanging there? I mean, I'm sure that exists. It's, I'm sure there's a few of boy, them. Boy, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Get sleep. The gimp. The gimp was the biggest throwaway. <laughs> that just has no right. context, no explanation. <laughs> That's the, a, the gimp is Aubrey's the like, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening when he starts like on his. <laughs> on his head yeah he's like yeah, it's like miny so mo <laughs> i will say this with with absolute conviction and certainty the gimp is the antithesis and opposite to the briefcase i mean like they're like the like like they're they're on the opposite ends of 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 like the like their opposite poles. Did the gimp die? Probably. He was hanging by his neck. I think he his, just his it, knees were off the ground. It was a harness. Okay. Well, it just it looked bad. Uh, I think we can safely assume that the gimp probably didn't make it. I well, I mean, Marcellus was gonna let him make it. Maybe so. the gimp was. That's what was gonna happen to Marcellus. He was gonna be gimp two well, that's a lot of brainwashing. Maybe you go to the gimp and you're like, do you want to be here? He's like, hell no. They keep me <laughs> in a box. I came in here one day and the dude hit me in the head with the shotgun. Next thing I know, I'm in a gimp suit. <laughs> but the gimp had been fully subverted by the time uh, well, everybody, right, every, every, you, you ever, been, ever been to Sears school? Everybody breaks. I've not been to Sears school, but I've heard enough about it. But, uh, well, he was... I mean, uh, there's a point you give up. If I'd gone to Sears school, you might have been the gym. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have broken. <laughs> With a zipper across your mouth. <laughs> the gym's sleeping. We'll For, wake him up. So, tell, <laughs> should we tell people what Sears school is? Sure. I mean, it's a high level. Survi it stands for survival, evasion, survival, evasion resistance, resistance, and resistance escape. escape. For anybody that's seen G.I. Jane, 
it's the sequence when they end up being POWs. It's a school for high risk uh, military members for pilots, um, forward deployed intelligence operators, etc. Though there is some very interesting video out there of me being duct taped, zip tied with a pillowcase over my head, trapped inside of a dog kennel, and I had to escape. Yeah, did you? That's on the internet. I don't know if it's on the internet. Get us, get us, get us footage of that. Also, I was stuffed in a locker, my big ass in a normal size locker, and I had to pick handcuffs. And then escape the locker. You know, I mean, I, I did I did a little bit of escaping. How to prep yourself to be zip tied? How to prep yourself to be duct tape? Uh, what what tools to kind of carry in your boot to help pick locks mm-hmm. and things of that nature? Yeah. Is, I've got it, a, a. It's bu- when I was the combat search and rescue coordinator. A, bu- in a, England. a buddy of mine used to be the survival instructor at Sear. Nice. Yeah. Well, my, my overall point. I learned one thing from him that's actually wildly useful still to this day. When you want to know when the sun is going to set, if you hold your arm at full arm's length and use your fingers, every finger is 15 minutes between the sun and the horizon. And it's, it's like really freaking close to accurate. It's the dopest thing that he taught me. I was like, really? Because he looked out and he was like, we got about 45 minutes till sundown. I was like, what the fuck did you just do? And he's like, yeah, I was a survival instructor at Sear. And I was like, but what did you just do? And he showed me, he's like, yeah, three fingers. The sun's got three fingers between the sun and the horizon. So you got 45 minutes until like, sundown. Like what in the Ragnar <laughs> did you just? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it's it's super legit. If you've got more than a full four fingers, you got more than an hour till sundown. So, so now you know you're oh. on your way to Northumbria. So, yeah, you can find you can you can get across the Great Sea. You, you don't my, you don't you don't po- have to go find some weird mysterious traveler with a piece of like red glass and like look through it. <laughs> my my point in saying all that is that anybody who says that like torture doesn't work doesn't know what they're talking about. Well, yeah, it's it's that, time tested and true. Well, that's why the, the the problem is everybody breaks, but also the information given under under duress is quite is not always actionable, right? right. So there's both sides to that coin. You're a conservative dude. They just need an excuse, dude. Right? That's, you're not wrong there, right? Yeah, you don't want to get doxxed by Nikki Haley's administration. Jeez, gosh. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, if she gets elected, she won't get elected. So I, boys, this this is how we're starting the new year with our show. <laughs> this is this is, this it. is it. Buckle up. It's this gonna be a good one. year. And but but seriously though, we're every week we're gonna have some content and it's gonna be probably kind of similar to this. So if it's your first time with the show, uh you can get a lot of this. And um uh, or I, I hope you enjoy it. Maybe we'll get a flood of comments saying Brian's right. Do some preparation. Get some scripts. Will we? I mean, I welcome I welcome the maybe. input. I welcome the maybe. feedback. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, if they if if we don't, I'll we'll just keep if, doing it. If that's this. what the people it's, want, that's what we'll give them. It, it's know, not I, it's not my podcast. It's our podcast. So I'm a I'll do what you we, guys want. We so. we definitely do have some topics on the horizon that some homework is gonna be is is gonna be necessary. 
Uh, probably not on Matt's part. Probably more on my part because uh, I, I think I'm gonna. We have some topics that might irritate Brian, and I think I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, and uh, I. Uh, and if you like it when we aggravate when we aggravate Brian, let us know because we'll do it more yeah, often that, for sure. I mean, we'll do it more often anyway, but we'll do it under um, yeah more uh, just circumstances. And it'll be scripted. It'll be fine. It'll be just exactly what he wants. Scripted, <laughs> be, scripted be, aggravation. I'll be I'll be prepped and ready, and I'll anticipate uh, re- retorts. And, uh, Andre enters stage right, aggravates Brian, <laughs> exit stage left. <laughs> Brian mounts down. Oh, you were finished. Then allow me to retort. <laughs> he shoots flock of seagulls. <laughs> Can't you were saying, praying on did, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you were finished. It's like, oh God. We wrap this up. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I think we're all. I'm set. a lot of things to say. All right. If you're still here, <laughs> go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're uh, we're trying to get over the century mark. We have scores of followers, Brian. Scores. Dozens. <laughs> so Dozens. We're, we're in there. Uh, yeah, and uh, go on ahead. And stay enlightened, stay curious, and we will catch you next week. Happy New Year. God bless. All you.